Welcome to the podcast of Canadian author Margaret Mackay. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the show. My name is Margaret Mackay. For today's episode, since it's so near Christmas, I'd like to read to you a couple of stories that I have written. The first one will be a children's story, so if you have any little ones, let them gather around and listen to the legend of the Christmas star. It was a beautiful warm day, way off in the far corner of heaven, where God was busy making the stars. He made big ones and small ones, medium-sized ones and tall ones. He made them all shapes and sizes. Some he put in the night sky right away and others he kept in a special waiting area to be used later. The angels watched closely as he fashioned the beautiful bright lights, and they sang happily as they hurried to get the things he needed. Suddenly, one of the angels noticed that something was different. She nudged her brother angel and, pointing to the workbench, asked, "'What's he doing?' "'That star is huge!' He must have made a mistake. I mean, it's pretty, but it's so big. Everyone will laugh at it. I wonder what he must be thinking. Everyone stopped what they were doing to watch the creator as he worked on his latest creation. Then they began to murmur to one another. You know, she's right. He must have made a mistake, said one. It's a monster. It's way too big to be of any use. What a shame. It would be quite pretty otherwise, replied another. The big star heard their remarks and was very embarrassed. He wondered why the creator had made him the way he did. Why wasn't he like the other stars? The angels were ashamed of him, and he was sure that everyone on earth would laugh at him when it was his turn to shine in the night sky. When he had finished his work, God turned to his helpers and smiled. Then he said, This is Elliot. He is a very special star, and I want him to be placed in the waiting room for a while. Be very careful. I don't want him damaged. The angels did as they were told and carried Elliot to the special place. The other stars who were already there began to laugh and tease him. <laughs> Look at King Kong, chided one. Get him out of here. If he falls, he'll squish us, cried several of the smaller stars. Poor Elliot. He was so hurt. The angels looked at one another and blushed. They decided to save him any further embarrassment they would put him in a back corner and cover him with a lovely white blanket. Soon, everyone forgot about him. Weeks went by, and gradually, the other stars were used one by one, and new stars came in to take their place. But Elliot just stayed in the corner and cried. Gradually, he became duller and duller, until he could hardly shine at all. What good am I? Why was I created? No one loves me and I'm useless. 
I don't like being different. Everyone just laughs and makes fun of me, cried Elliot. I wish that I'd never been made. Finally, a little star named Betty spoke to him. You really shouldn't feel that way, you know. Somebody does love you, she said. Oh, sure, replied Elliot. Who? God does, answered Betty. Sure he does, laughed Elliot. Look at me. He made me so big and clumsy that no one will play with me. All of the other stars laugh at me or else they are so frightened that they run and hide. Even the angels are ashamed of me. Look, they stuck me way back in this corner and put a big cloth over me. I've been here for ages. God has forgotten all about me if he ever cared for me in the first place. He made a bad mistake, and I'm it. Elliot, that's not right, said Betty. Nothing God makes is ever wasted or a mistake. Everyone is unique and different. Some of his creation do spectacular things and are well known because of them, while others, who may seem to be insignificant, can do equally important things like looking after the place where they live or caring for the other creatures on earth, even though no one knows about it or the contributions they make. Even a sunny smile given to someone who is sad has value in his eyes. Each one of us has a special place that no one else can quite fill. Why don't you concentrate on the things about yourself that are good? You don't have to hide under that blanket. Say to yourself, God made me, and whatever he makes is good. Learn to accept yourself as you are, and you never know what you might become. Elliot listened intently to what Betty was saying. Perhaps you're right, Betty. I'm not really very happy right now, and it certainly couldn't hurt to try something else. So Elliot put away his blanket and decided to be thankful for just being himself. Gradually, everyone began to notice a change in him. What's happened to Elliot, they said. Why, look, he's helping the angels put the stars in the night sky. Elliot, asked one of the angels, what has happened to you? You look so happy, and you seem to grow brighter and brighter each day. Yes, answered Elliot, I am very happy. I'm learning each day to be content wherever I am. Right now, I'm here, and because I'm so big, I can help the angels and the other stars. I can reach places no one else can reach and do things that no one else can do. It's great. Elliot then turned to comfort a baby star who had fallen off a shelf and was crying. Day after day, Elliot continued to shed his light in that corner of heaven. Everyone who came in contact with him appreciated his warm smile and gentleness. One day, some time later, God came to visit. He spoke with the angels and inspected the stars. Finally, he came to where Elliot was telling a story to a group of new stars who had just arrived. Elliot, he said, I am so very proud of you. I've been watching over you all this time, and I'm very pleased with your patience and caring. I know you were concerned that I had forgotten you, 
But you see, I made you for a very, very special purpose, and the time was not right for the great event that I had planned for earth. Now everything is ready, and very soon my son will visit there. I need you, Elliot, to shine in the night sky, to show some of my friends the place where he will be born. You will become known as the Star of Bethlehem, and whenever the story of the Christ child is told, you will be mentioned as the guiding light that led the wise men to the stable. Shine brightly, my special star, for now it is your turn to light up the night sky and to announce to the world that Jesus is born. Elliot was overwhelmed and so excited that he thought he would burst with pride. All that time God was caring for him, and he didn't even know it. He had not been forgotten. How glad he was that he had not stayed hidden under the blanket, feeling sorry for himself. If he had stayed there, he would have been too dull for the great task for which he was made. Boy, it is great to be me, he thought. Tonight I will shine as brightly as I can. Maybe those who see me or hear of me will know that they are loved too, just like me. And just maybe the tiny baby that is born this night will be able to help others on earth understand that no matter what size they are, what color they are, what shape they are in, or where they live, they all have a special place in the heart of God and in the world that he created. back. I'm now going to read a short story from this year's Chicken Soup for the Soul Merry Christmas 2015 edition and it starts on page 161 and it's called Being Santa. And since I am married to Santa, this is how he came about. Everyone has been made for some particular work and the desire for that work has been put in every heart. Rumi. There you are. I found you, exclaimed a young woman as she rushed towards my husband as we were browsing in a toy store. Flowing white hair, kindly smile, she continued. You even have a twinkle in your eye. I'm the president of a local costume house, and I've been on the search for a Santa Claus to model our line of Santa regalia for a new catalog. I knew the moment I saw you that you were perfect. And to find my Santa in a toy store. Wow! So began our journey into all things Santa Claus. And what a fantastic adventure it's been. As my husband took on the persona of the man in red, children began to flock to him, no matter where we were or what we were doing. Even in shorts and a t-shirt, or playing the fiddle in a country band, 
They thought he was the real deal. Often in a restaurant, we have heard, Santa, and a child will make a beeline for him. He puts on his glasses, tilts his head, and with a twinkle in his eye, chuckles a hearty, ho, ho, ho. You found me, he says, but I'm in disguise. I couldn't fool you, though. Are you the real Santa? Are you the real you, he replies. What does the real Santa look like? Does he have a white beard? Yes. Well, I have a white beard. Does he wear glasses and laugh ho, ho, ho? Yes, chorus the children. I wear glasses and laugh ho, ho, ho. Let's see. How can we tell if I'm the real guy? I know there's an official test to solve the question. If I were really him, I would know all the names of the reindeer, right? Okay, let's see if I know them. There's the famous guy with the green nose. No, the children shout. He has a red nose. By this time, the whole restaurant is tuned into the conversation. Right, I can't fool you. That's Rudolph. Who are the others? There's Sleepy, Bashful, and Doc. The children giggle. No, Santa, those are the seven dwarfs. Santa chuckles. You're right again. Let's see. There's Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. I know them all. I guess I must be Santa. From there, the conversation goes anywhere from, Where are the reindeer? To, We've moved. Will you be able to find me this year? Santa always answers their questions with gentleness and warmth. Often, adults stop by our table to say, You've got me believing you're the real Santa. One of my husband's favorite memories is of the time that our granddaughter phoned and asked for her grandfather. Bucca, she said, will you come to my school in your Santa suit for show and tell? He was blown away. Never in all his life did he expect to be the subject of show and tell for a kindergarten class. I would love to come, he said. Let me call your teacher and make arrangements. Donning his Santa suit, he walked into her class with a hearty ho, ho, ho. Some of the children squealed and rushed to him for hugs. Some had never seen Santa up close before and were shy and a little anxious. He shared songs and told stories. He listened, really listened, to each and every child. Those who were scared soon learned there was nothing to fear. The children and adults all left the school happy and laughing. Once again, his fun and gentle demeanor brought the magic of Christmas to a small corner of the world. Another time at a company's children's Christmas party, Santa was giving out gifts to the children and laughing with them. A small girl had jumped to her feet as soon as he'd entered the room. She tugged on her mother's hand and pulled her away from Santa and out the door. As she was leaving, she looked back and glanced at Santa from under her lowered eyelids. 
Her face had gone white, and she wore a frown. I followed them. She was shaking and crying. I approached her mum and asked if I could speak with her. Her mum told me her name was Maddie, and that she didn't want to go into the room as long as Santa was in it. Are you afraid of Santa? Yes. Do you know why you're afraid of Santa? No. Is it because of the big red suit and the loud ho ho ho? No. Is it his beard? Yes. Well, Santa is my very best friend. He's very gentle and won't hurt you, I promise. The beard can make him look a little scary, but it's really quite soft. I'm sure he'll let you touch it if you'd like. Would that help you not to be afraid? No, I don't want to go in there. Okay, you can come and meet him when you're ready. Okay. I left Maddie and her mum and returned to the party. A short while later, I noticed them enter the room. Cautiously, Maddie moved closer to where the children were sitting. Her name was called to receive her present. Taking her mum's hand, she guardedly approached his chair. She stood so that her mom was between her and Santa. He sensed her fear and gently began to talk to her. What would you like to do? I would like to sing Feliz Navidad. Do you know that song? asked Santa. I know that song too. Let's sing it together. They began to sing and she started to smile. When they were finished, Maddie's mum said, Wasn't there something you wanted to ask Santa? Oh, yes, replied Maddie. Santa, can I touch your beard? Of course. Maddie moved closer to him, reached out her small hand, and gently touched his beard. Santa lifted his hand and softly touched her hair. See, it's just like your hair. Only yours is brown and mine is white, whispered Santa. Maddie's eyes widened and she started to giggle. She and Santa smiled at each other for a long time. Then they laughed and she gave him a big hug. Maddie's mom gave him a hug also and whispered, Thank you so much for helping my girl. Being Santa is magical. My husband loves to make the children laugh and smile. To think it all started because a young woman found him in a toy store. He is grateful for that day and the circumstances that brought them together. Coincidence? He doesn't think so. I love keeping the dream alive for the little ones, says Santa. That's what being Santa is all about. Not just at Christmas, but throughout the year. To be able to share hope, laughter, and joy with people is awesome. I'm a lucky man. And that concludes our podcast for today. I hope you enjoy it, and I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Bye for now. To contact Magrit, email her at magrit.makai at gmail.com. That's M-A-I-G-H-R-E-A-D dot M-A-C-K-A-Y at gmail.com.
www.thepowerhouse.com.